Hello, and thanks for joining us today. Stacia Harris here. I'm the Director of Communications for Buncombe County Schools, and I'm on the board for the North Carolina School Public Relations Association, and you're listening to School PR Drive Time. My name is Kevin Smith. I'm a fellow member of the NC Spur Up Board, and here in Transylvania County Schools, I am the school's Community Relations Coordinator. This is a podcast produced by NC Spur Up about driving the narrative forward for public education through the work of school PR professionals. Our guest today is Callan Moore. She's the public relations officer for Walton County Schools in Georgia. At the time that we're recording this podcast on August 19th, they have been in school for about two weeks. We wanted her to come on the show today to talk a little bit about lessons learned so far. And let's jump into the show right now. Kevin, hello, Callan, hello. Let's get started. Happy to be here. Thanks for joining us, Callan. Thank you. Thank you both for inviting me. Um, It is a pleasure to speak with both of you. So let's just go ahead and get started. Give us a a brief overview, Callan. You guys have, uh, you are face-to-face, but you do have some families who've chosen a remote-only option. Tell us a little bit about what that plan looks like, your, your restart plan. Yeah, so like you mentioned, we started on August 4th, which was our original start date for this school year. So we did not have a delayed start. We decided to give our parents the option to choose face-to-face instruction, which is a five-day schedule, Um, and then they could also choose a remote learning schedule, which was 100% digital distance. And so we have about 76% of our students attending in person with um, 24% completely remote. Alan, let me check that. You said you have five-day instruction for 76% of your students in Walton County. How did parents respond to having that opportunity and what kinds of things did you have to do differently on your end? Obviously the school system did a lot to prepare. What are some of the things that went through your mind when that option was made available to families? Um, We were, we had a very supportive community response to that option. Most of our parents really appreciated the district giving them the opportunity to decide what worked best for their family. We understood that, you know, it's not a one size fits all right now. And parents have a lot of different needs when it comes to work or who's going to keep their children. And so we had an overall very positive response from our parents that they had that opportunity to choose. Um, It did come with a little uh, uncertainty from the school district side of just, you know, how were we going to pull this off safely? And so we started back in I mean, goodness, at the end of last school year, not even, I mean, even into March when we first shut down of, you know, when we bring students back, what is this going to look like? And so we started looking at safety first and what that, what impact that was going to have from our facility standpoint, what we needed to purchase, mask, um, hand sanitizers, you know, just the basics to bring kids back safely. And then we just took department by department to see what impact this was going to have on them. And that kind of was the foundation for how we started to make this plan work. Um, Alan, I loved hearing you. um, I'm sorry to cut you off. I loved hearing you say that department by department, you went around the school system for folks who are, who are not familiar with Walton County schools in Georgia, you have 14,000 students and you are, and we might say this again during today's show, a one person school PR shop for 14,000 students. So the responsibility of going around and getting that kind of buy-in and integrating that many people, uh, talk about how that works for you. What What's going on in your environment that gives you that kind of capacity to help so many different departments uh, and make your district look so good coming into an early start for school? 
Absolutely. Um, it involved a lot of meetings um, and sitting down at tables uh, wearing masks, um, but just sitting down and, and talking this through. And we have a, a really great, strong executive cabinet here in Walton County. And so working with the individuals on that cabinet um, to know kind of what they were doing in, in their respective departments so that I could kind of collectively pull all that together. Um, I will say a lot of my normal traditional duties as, you know, communications public information officer were put on hold um, and it really became COVID communications. And so that, you know, has been, I feel like I'm just kind of coming up for air and can look at what the other things that I typically was doing in my job um, to kind of get back to those, but it, it did, solely really revolve around COVID through the summer and um, as, as the start of school has happened. But it's been, um, it's been good. It's been a great um, leadership growth environment for me and just to really take it my job to the next level. Awesome. And Callan, what were some of the tools that you used for that important internal and external communication? I know one of the challenges that we faced was having so much information and needing to get it out to staff members and get it out to parents in a way that they can understand. What were some strategies that worked for you? Absolutely. I, I use a lot. Um, you know, we did at the end, I will say one thing we did at the end of school was we did a survey and we asked parents about their experience with digital distance learning. We asked parents about, you know, the school nutrition environment um, when schools were closed. We asked them about their, you know, potential plans for the fall. And then we also threw in some communications questions to find out what was the best way to reach our parents? What were they interested in? And so that was really telling and allowed me from the start to say, okay, well, I know that, you know, social media is where a lot of people are getting our news or they prefer call outs. You know, I was able to kind of tailor what I wanted to do, but bottom line is a website became the best approach. And the reason we opted for a website that we could, it could always keep current. And so we felt like, you know, emailing out PDFs and things like that wasn't always the best approach because, you know, somebody could have that and it's outdated the next day. I mean, information is rapidly changing. And so we created one website and we called it Welcome Back Walton. And it was something that we could always keep current. And we just continued to, when we emailed our parents, when we did call outs, we always directed them back to that one website. And so that they were able to have the most recent information. That is fabulous, Callan. And so having a really good, easy tagline for parents to remember speaks to one of the powerful practices. You know, we did a little research on you. We're kind of <laughs> looking at what you do in Walton County, the way uh, school PR professionals do. And uh, we, we note, for instance, that you are active with your GSPRA, your Georgia School PR Association uh, chapter, president-elect. So that's great. So we're gonna, we're gonna tap into your insight as a, as a board member and an officer there. When you use those taglines or when you use short links, bit.ly for the folks out there who are professionals and are using these link shorteners to, to track the kind of uh, engagement and input we're getting from families, based on how you were in the spring and how it's been going now, what would you say about the level of engagement? Did, did the website, uh, did that decision pan out? And what kinds of analytics and conversations were you having with other people on that cabinet to help make sure that you were moving forward? Absolutely. Bitly has been a great resource for us and it has allowed us, you know, outside of just Google Analytics for our website, which can often sometimes become cumbersome and not as easy to navigate. 
Bitly provides a really easy, just quick reference of how many people have utilized that link. And so it also helps with your social media engagement because it's not a, you know, kind of lengthy looking link. Um, and, you know, at least from an aesthetics point of view, make sure content look cleaner. Um, and so that's been a great resource. And we were um, surprised. Yes, our website engagement has drastically upticked since um, this, you know, since the spring, people now know it is the place to go for information. Um, they also are very active on social media. Our social media has grown. Um, when I started this job four years ago, we had 3,500 likes and we just surpassed 10,000. And so it has become, you know, it is a valuable resource to our community. Mm -hmm. And we feel so, that. Yeah, and, and that's great. Um, it, it is something I would caution. Um, public relations professionals should you know, monitor their social media and keep a pulse on it because I think it can help you navigate maybe arising issues or concerns and you can take those back to your community, to your leaders. But I think also you need to kind of take a step back and say, okay, this is a small group of individuals. You know, it's not, it doesn't necessarily represent your entire community. And so I think that's important to, to mention when you're talking about social media. Um, it is. It is. And I, I also note, as we were getting ready for, for this episode of the School PR Drive Time podcast, which is new for us, it's also a new environment for you. This is your first time recording a podcast. That made me think, what, what are the ways that you were able to get that two-way conversation going? Obviously, folks filling out your surveys, great. Um, them coming back to your website and showing they're engaged, great. What are some of the ways that you found you could get parent and staff input to make sure that your plan was going to be workable going into this fall? Um, absolutely. Surveys was our number one. Um, we did a survey, like I said, at the end of last school year. We also did a survey about halfway through the semester just to get a pulse on our community of of were they wanting digital slash distance? Were they wanting in-person? And to help us prepare for the fall. I mean, that gave us a good idea of who, you know, who was going to actually return in person. Um, and we actually ended up with less individuals uh, than we expected in our digital and distance learning program. So um, that was a great way. But also, I mean, we, I've utilized social media a lot. Um, I, you know, I have my private messenger open and that has become a way for people to connect with me. It's obviously creates a little more work on my end to keep monitoring that and to respond, but it has been very valuable across the board to relate to people and to let them know like someone is on the other side of this and someone is listening to you. And so just to reaffirm them that we're here, that we're listening um, and also just taking calls. I mean, people are very quick to fire off a email, an email or a, or a, you know, a Facebook post. But when you pick up the phone and take that extra minute or two to call them, it can make all the difference in the world. And so I, I do think that that is a very valuable thing that we often sometimes push to the side because we are so busy. Before I swing the mic back to Stacia, let me ask that question again. You, you keep your personal messenger open or is that the messenger on your Walton County Schools Facebook page? Yes, I apologize. The messenger on the Walton County Facebook page. Because I think for business pages, you can often turn that off, which I know in larger districts, that may be the best um, avenue, the best route to take. But yes, we do have our Walton County School District Messenger open. And what I have found is that that often will deter people from posting publicly 
or I can take those public posts down and I can kind of navigate them to a back-end private conversation where I can address their concerns without the world seeing. That's a, that's a great point and it's something that Kevin and I have talked about uh, offline. It's creating that connection with people that it's 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 much easier for people to be mad at you in the comment section but once you're interfacing with them whether it's <laughs> right when whether it's a you know a phone call or or a, a messenger chat and and you sign your name to to the messages so they know that you're not a, a bot just going through and, and doing an auto you know an auto reply uh, that's one thing yeah. that we've learned through this process um so i want to follow up on that but pre-covid were were you i guess as open or as willing to connect with your stakeholders who, who may or may not be pleased with something your school system is doing? Or did you sort of transition to that out of, out of necessity? So I always managed the social media aspect of it. I, we did, I didn't handle a lot of the phone calls of parents with complaints that was typically routed through. We have a, a very strong chain of command here in our district. And so that really was routed through that chain of command. And I was kind of left out of the chain of command, um, which I have no, you know, no problems with. Um, I'm happy to help parents, but you know, by all means, if somebody else wants to take that on, I'm, I'm happy to, to pass that <laughs> along. Um, but I will say through this, it just became and not all negative, just a lot of uncertainty. And so we ended up having a lot of parents call, a lot of concern, a lot of questions. And so it kind of became all hands on deck. And so we've really expanded that just in response to COVID-19. And so I have taken on a lot more of the um, individual dealings with parents and just working them through and clarifying communication and answering their questions. Um, and taking some angry phone calls that that certainly is part of it but like you said when you when you you know they hear your voice they know you're there you understand their frustrations this is frustrating for all of us we are in this together um, and we're doing the best we can um, it really does change the whole tone of the conversation and, and I've even had a couple on social media that I just you know I said I'm not gonna respond in writing I'm gonna look up their information in our students are in our student account and I'm gonna call them back and instantly they, they were apologize, apologetic. I mean, they were just, you know, we're, we're so sorry. We, we were just in the heat of the moment. And so I, I just think that I've seen that time and time again, that that has been very important. Keeping it real. That's how yeah. you do it. <laughs> Keep it. And sharing your personal stories. I and mean, I am a mother of an 18 month old. And so my child has been in daycare for three months. So relating to them as a parent has been, I mean, don't be afraid to share, you know, what your own personal struggles are that I think, has been very beneficial for me to say, I, I get it. I had to put my kid back in daycare and that was a struggle. I mean, um, I understand. That's awesome. That, so that, that human connection is what helps engagement for sure with parents who have a lot of questions. What, um, what were some of the other lessons that you've learned over the last few weeks ha as you guys have gone back to, to school and gone through this planning process? And I'm talking more specifically in dealing with the media? And then also, how did you support your, your staff members through this transition and make sure they understood what the expectations for the year were? I think um, one thing I said to our principals from the very beginning when we started planning this, um, you all are aware of the, the current climate that we're living in outside of COVID and, and politics. And, and I told my principals, I said, guys, we have to be mindful that regardless of what we personally believe, we need to act in the best interest of our district and our students. And so 
for this purpose, we have to tuck those away for now and look through the lens of our job. And I think that that is so important because everybody, regardless of any, you know, on any of these issues has a very personal opinion of what the right and wrong thing is. And that's been um, difficult to navigate. I think as any school PR person would be aware, it's, it's difficult to navigate in a situation where no matter what you do, 50% of the people aren't going to be happy about it. And so, you know, we just have to keep our full focus on doing what we feel is best for students and not what we personally believe about the situation. Alan, that's put you right in the in the headlights of your school system with 14,000 students. You're clearly central to your community. You have a lot of weight on your shoulders and your cabinet is all feeling that. People have gone back to school and what we're all feeling, and one of the reasons we've asked you to be our guest today is because you've got two weeks of experience ahead of us on this path. Um, you've got protocols in place. You've had to deal with uh, informing your public and keeping information within the school system on the level of being authoritative, being helpful, but also maintaining everyone's privacy and, and keeping your operations at a high level. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you've learned? What, what were some of the key things that folks might learn from your experience getting ready to communicate with the public and within the school system? Yeah, I think now more than ever is the very valuable resource is your local media. Um, your statewide, your larger markets, they're going to you know, they're going to run stories and they're a little harder to navigate and keep that personal relationship with. But we have found extreme value in working with our local media outlets and building those relationships. Um, just even the other day, a local reporter, he put out a, a statement on Facebook about, you know, something that I had said and it wasn't accurate. And I just was able to pull up my phone, shoot him a quick text and say, hey, come on, you know, that's not what I said. And he was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, let me correct that. And I understand that that's not the case for every local media. Not everybody can have that great of a working relationship. I've worked in districts where it wasn't the case. But I think now more than ever, we need to try to partner alongside of them and get them to see, like, we don't want to provoke fear in our community. Like, we're trying to, you know, and I, I sat down with the reporter and I said, I'm going to need your help in navigating this. Um, and trying to get them on our side is more important than ever. I, um, and also, I think, again, just focusing on your local media versus the state and national media, because that's a little harder to control. Um, and so I, I would suggest that. I think in working with your staff, um, I think just being open to hearing them out. We decided that we were going to set um, district expectations. And so what we did back in the summer was we created expectations around social distancing, wearing masks, um, what we expected as far as different types of events. And then we let our principals go out and say, okay, how can I meet these expectations in my school building? Because while our communities are very different, our schools are different and their school communities are different. And so we, we understand that not everything that happens at the district level works at a school level. So we set the expectation and then asked our principals to go back. And I think that that is really important because what you can do from a communication standpoint is say, well, here's the district expectation but I want to reroute you to the school to see how that exactly looks in your child's building. You are listening to School PR Drive Time, the NC SPRA podcast about driving the narrative for public education. Stacia Harris and Kevin Smith were talking with Callan Moore from Walton County Schools. Stay tuned for the second half of this show. Don't go away. We're happy that you joined NC SPRA today.
So Callan, we're talking about doing an awful lot of work as one person school PR shop, as I mentioned, and there have to be some tools that make your job a little bit easier, uh, that give you some capacity to do many things at one time. What w- what's one powerful practice that you've picked up along the way? When I started my job, I was doing Photoshop and InDesign and those rather um, heavy Adobe programs that usually require a lot of training to use them effectively. And I stumbled upon a program called Canva and it's an online web-based program and I highly recommend it. It has just enabled me to take my branding to the next level and also just consistency across the board with my design work. And so I strongly encourage you if you haven't looked into Canva I'm looking at your Facebook page and I'm already getting some ideas for how I'm going to take some of those practices back. We probably have a lot of Canva users listening here. Is there one particular thing that you've gotten out of your time using Canva that you'd recommend people should look into? I think looking, don't start from scratch. Look at the templates. Look at the templates that Mm -hmm. they have and just tweak them to match your branding. Um, It it at least gives you an idea of where to start. Um, There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Um, And I think just even around COVID-19, this is not a reason for us to kind of move away from our branding. Um, I think in everything you push out can still be branded to your district and can still look nice. I think that only takes it, you know, to the next level. What a great point. So, Callan, you all have been in school for about two, two and a half weeks as we record this podcast. And we do want to talk about numbers. Um, let's talk about COVID cases you all have seen so far and how you all are handling them. We have decided that we are going to report our data weekly to the public. We're going to publish it on our website. And so each Friday at noon, I will post our total number of positive cases for that week, along with the percentage and the number, total number of those in precautionary quarantine, because that's been a really big question of our community. So as of last Friday, which was our first full week of school, we had had six positive cases amongst students and staff out of all 14,000. And then we had 150 in precautionary quarantines, and that's a requirement by our local Department of Public Health. And so following those guidelines, six cases and 150 in quarantine. And, but six cases ended up only being 0.04% of our entire population. And so we, we've seen, um, we, we found that to be a good start to the school year. That's, and I did have a follow-up. Have you all found that being that forthcoming, do you feel like that's making people feel good or do you think it is uh, maybe triggering some, some extra attention that you maybe don't want? I think it's been good. I think for the most part, people want to know. And I told our principals, this isn't anything to really hide behind. I mean, this is a global pandemic. This is much bigger than the Walton County School District. And so (laughs) it's not really a gotcha on the school district side. And so I think being as transparent as possible, you know, we want to be we don't really see the value in doing a cumulative running data report. I do think that could get problem, you know, create issues uh, because oftentimes people aren't understanding that, you know, that may be cases from the beginning of school and we're reporting November numbers, you know, so that could create some hysteria. And so we're going to do a week by week count. We are not going to report individual school cases unless they get above 10 as to try to protect the identity of those individuals. And so we're just looking at, you know, right now, district-wide numbers on a week-by-week basis. And so what we've decided as well is that before those numbers are posted on Fridays at noon, at about 10 a.m., we are going to email the parents at those affected schools directly, letting them know so that when those numbers come out, there's no question as to whether 
your school was included or not. Boy, we hope some folks are listening to some nuggets that came out there because those are some really powerful practices. And Stacia, I'm glad we had that question uh, for, for Callan today. And Stacia, you and I were talking how important it is. Uh, this is the NCSPRA podcast, School PR Drive Time. Um, we're very keen on the partnership among our different members. And Stacia, you were going to ask about some of the things going on in the GSPRA chapter. Absolutely. So obviously there's lots of moving parts in, in your world. And I know, I know for, for myself, for Kevin, you know, for some of the other PIOs who are in this area, uh, we rely on each other for advice or if we just need to, to talk. Uh, tell me a little bit about how GSPRA has um, supported you personally and, and how you guys are supporting each other. Absolutely. GSPRA has been a, a, a lifesaver. Um, we have been, and it's even become more, um, I guess we've quickly realized how much we truly do need each other and how much we're all in this together. We always had an annual conference every year and, and that was a great resource, but through this um, and the power of Zoom, we have um, started monthly chats. And so we do virtual meetings once a month. We've held some specific ones. We actually have one tomorrow afternoon where we're just jumping on a Zoom chat. Anybody that is able jumps on and we just talk about COVID. We talk about our response to COVID. We talk about different things that we're doing. And so it's just, that's been a very valuable resource, um, utilizing virtual meetings and um, just talking through different things and getting different ideas. Um, and also working within our, we have RESA, so Regional Educational Service Agencies. So mm -hmm. I work a lot with the public relations um, professionals in my neighboring school districts so that we're kind of all on the same page because our superintendents are typically working together. So we always keep up with each other to make sure that, you know, we're kind of keeping in line with what our superintendents are doing as well. That's amazing. And I think it's that collaboration uh, that that is so important. I, I know going into this, knowing that uh, I have people, Kevin, Molly from Henderson County, I can just pick up the phone if I'm, if I'm stuck or if I'm frustrated. And, and also uh, locally, I, I guess me personally and Kevin, you can weigh in, you know, if you'd like. Our health department, I've, I've known their PIO for several years before all this happened. Uh, same thing with PIO for the sheriff's office. So it, I think relationships are so important and you have to have the relationships before the crisis hits. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it sounds like you guys have, you know, a, a good network and I think I think that's a huge a huge lesson learned uh, as well is is you just gotta you gotta know your folks before you go go into battle <laughs> because right. once you're there it's too Absolutely. late. <laughs> and I think um, even GSPRA, while we didn't do the virtual meetings before now, we always had we had a listserv. And so we're, we're constantly bouncing ideas off of each other. You know, what are you doing? You know, how are you handling? We got one today. How are you handling these ADA requests? I mean, you know, so mm -hmm. it's just constant. You always have this kind of back pocket <laughs> PR support. Um, that's wonderful. And two, just, I, I'm sure you and Kevin work closely together. I have, um, the person that kind of got me into school PR, her name is Anissa Jimenez. She's the GSPR president and we now work in neighboring counties. And so, you know, we are constantly texting and, and, you know, developing our communications and working together to see what's the best practice. And so I think even outside of having the larger group, finding that one person that you really connect with is even a, a great resource to, to add to, to your, your team as you move forward. Those local relationships mean so much, Callan, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up because it reminded me that we, when we were talking about the COVID protocols and how you were communicating with, with your stakeholders out there, obviously the media are a big player, but some of the folks that we were just talking about, your network of, 
cross-functional peers, the people who are doing public information or acting as communicators across um, life safety, public safety. Uh, you, you have a lot of people out there who are invested in making sure that you all are doing well. And sometimes that handoff is smoother in some locations and at some times than at others. How has it been working with your local public health and or public safety officials to make sure that your community is moving forward and that you all feel comfortable in your role? Yeah, that's been a great resource. We actually have a local board of health that our superintendent serves on. And so that's been a great resource because he's constantly in communication with them. Locally at the school level, we developed a COVID task force, and it's myself, our student services director, who works a lot with the local health department, and then our chief of HR, who obviously handles our staff. And so that has created this seamless process of reporting and who, you know, who is designated to handle which case, who's designated to contact the DPH. We all have those specific assigned roles, and so it's been very helpful to just have that streamlined. We developed an action plan that gives you a principle, a step-by-step -step process. Okay, when you have a positive case, this is what you do. And within that action plan, um, we have you know the required forms that they have that we're required to 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 supply to our local health department. And so it's just taking like from step A to step Z walking people through this because it's new it's a lot and so the the simpler you can make it the more it's going the more effective it's going to be um, and included in the action plan from a communication standpoint was an entire communications protocol with scripts um, translated into spanish as well as english and so um, principals now when they have a positive case they have that right at their fingertips step one i emailed this Step two, I call these people, I use this script. I mean, it's just, we prepared them. Um, we knew it was going to happen, it was bound to happen. And so just being as prepared as you can from the get-go, um, I think it, is, it has been extremely helpful. Helen, like any other school PR pro, you've had everything planned out to a T. Nothing went wrong. It's all <laughs> been perfect every step of the way. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So in all seriousness, yeah. what, if, you, if you could go back three weeks in time, to one week before school started. Is there anything you've learned during this initial rollout? Uh, obviously your website is great. We wanna make sure that people remember to go check out Welcome Back, to, Welcome Back Walton uh, and your Facebook page. And, and you have a, a huge hand in this. We learned from talking with you that that, that website and all the graphics are, are your responsibility. But having rolled it out now, if you could go back a week before school to the end of July, what would you change? I think I would, um as, as proud as I was of our website and what we've rolled out, I think sometimes we, you know, we get caught up in this needs to go out, this, you know, this, oh, they need to be formed of this. And, and as, as, as clean as we can make it, taking that extra step back to say, okay, I'm a parent and I've now come to this website. It was almost too much. Um, we almost kind of overwhelmed them. And so while, you know, and, and so they would say, oh, well, I haven't seen that, or oh, I haven't done this. Um, and it's important to get it all out there, but to also take a step back and say, okay, is this, you know, does this work? Is this, you know, cumbersome or is it, you know, clean? And so I think just taking that step back, I also think just being flexible. Um, like you said, nothing has gone wrong, right? Um, you know, we started with our- Same here. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> we started our communication protocol that we were going to do school-wide notifications with every single case. And what, what we quickly realized was that sometimes multiple cases happen in a building 
multiple days in the same week. Um, and so we kind of, you know, we've had to turn and pivot and think, you know, we want to be as transparent as possible, but we also don't want to provoke unnecessary fear in our community. And so we've had to pivot and change. And so I think I would just tell myself to breathe. Um, you're going to make it through this. It's some days will seem like you're not, uh, but you will. And overall, I think, again, if you can just keep in mind the students and their education, and that's what we're doing this for, it's going to make you feel a lot better. And speaking of uh, breathing and, and feeling overwhelmed and, and sort of dealing uh, with those feelings uh, in our last question before we wrap up today, uh, how, how, does, how do you take care of yourself uh, in this strange time that, that we're living in? Um, how, how do you uh, make it so that you can come to work every day with a smile on your face, ready to make a difference for your school system? Absolutely. Self-care um, has been extremely important. Um, we've talked about it as, as a COVID task force, as I mentioned, just how sometimes we leave at the end of the day just exhausted. Our, 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 we're mentally tapped out. Um, but I think, as I mentioned, I am a mom of an 18-month-old, and so I try to go home, and until he goes to bed, I try to turn work off. I try to just invest in, in being a mom and being home. Um, my husband is actually a new administrator and just got an assistant principal job this year. What a time to become a school administrator. Uh, and so we, we obviously- Yeah, we're feeling that. We're yeah. with you there. <laughs> we have a lot to um, talk about, but we do just try to, you know, we, I try to take walks every night with my kid uh, around the neighborhood, 20 minutes, just getting out and unplugging for a little bit, I think is really important. And just to remind myself that, it's going to be there tomorrow. It's going to be there waiting on me. And some things can't wait, but some things can. And I think through this, it's been hard for me to turn it off. Uh, you just, your mind can roll and roll and roll. But I think it's really important that we make that extra effort to try to do that. Wonderful Callen, advice. Callan Moore is the public relations officer for Walton County Schools. And Callan, one, one thing that I feel is a great way to end this, because what we do as PR professionals for our school system is so much about inviting the community in, but also sharing the stories that often don't get heard. Is there an unsung hero or someone who has made a huge difference in this transitional time in your school system, helped to make your job and, and your ability to serve? Is there someone that you want to give a shout out for before we wrap today? Um. Well, I would just like to thank our superintendent. Um, he has really stepped out at a time that would have been very easy to just, you know, step aside and, and maybe make it an easier decision or one that maybe appeased um, a larger group of individuals. But he's really just kept, you know, what was best for our community and our students at the forefront. And as much um, negativity um, we've received just has, stand, has stood strong and um, it's, it's been good. We've had a very great start to our school year. Um, that doesn't mean we're avoiding COVID. We are not, but um, it's been overall a really great start to the school year. And I just think collectively the leadership team of our school district has done a phenomenal job of collaborating and working through this together. Alan Moore on behalf of Stacia Harris, uh, who invited me to be a co-host today. <laughs> and on all of us, uh, from all of us at NCSPRA, thank you for joining the School PR Drive Time podcast. It's our initial episode. And frankly, we're all doing something brand new this August of 2020. So thank you for joining us and good luck on the rest of your trip through this semester and the school year. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And this was a wonderful first podcast experience. <laughs>
And Stacia, thanks for having me on board so that we can share this microphone across Zoom and do something like we've never done before as well. Couldn't do it without you, Kev. You're a good co-pilot. <laughs> Thank you, Callan. Thank you. Well, Stacia, this was much better than an NC Spur board meeting. Thank you so much for setting up this podcast idea. We're inviting folks out there who are listening to this to tell us more about what's working for them. We're obviously working up a guest list and learning a lot about our fellow school PR professionals. What would you like to tell folks at home who are just listening to this for the first time or maybe catching it in the car during, you know, drive time? drive to work. Well, we want this to be informative. We want you to feel inspired. We want to bring on guests and, and have activities that add value to, to what you're doing. We know this job, it, it's hard and it can sometimes get lonely. And, and, you know, for as many times as I pick up the phone and I'm calling Ashley Michelle and I'm calling Molly, I'm calling Kevin, uh, you know, it helps to, to have a place to go and have a, have a toolbox of, of ideas uh, to get you through uh, the tough times and then, you know, help out when things are good. I know for me personally, I picked up on a couple really important things today that I'm going to I'm gonna look back at my notes and be, okay, I want to make sure I don't miss that as I go into the next week of school. And I'm sure that everyone else that we have on board uh, listening to the podcast will feel some of the same things. And so obviously we would like folks to follow us on our NCSPRA social media platforms and check out the NCSPRA website. Uh, Stacia, as a wrap up for today, what's one thing that you're taking away from listening to Callan Moore in Walton County that you're going to take back home to Buncombe County Schools? It gets easier. We talked very briefly at the end about, uh, again, what a difficult and strange time we're living in right this moment. Again, it's August 19th, 2020. If you're listening to this in, in 2025, good on you. Glad you made it. Uh, but uh, for us, this is, this is strange. And, and I just said, you know, what, what advice would you give folks? And she said, it, it gets easier. So I appreciated that. For me, it was good to get the reminder that that two-way conversation through surveys and through other analytic tools is something that's only going to grow as more and more of our families rely on us for digital conversations and communications. I think that the success of Walton County is going to embolden me, and I appreciate Callan telling us about how those things have worked out and helped shape their approach going into this fall, where they're just a few weeks ahead of us here in most North Carolina districts. Sounds great. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you, Stacia. We look forward to doing this again soon. 